Alrighty, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 461, and we're recording live on uh, April the 21st. Our Brianna, how are you? Hanging in there. Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I've been heads down uh, for like five days working on a government proposal on uh, with the new company on trying to use our stuff for COVID and we'll see, hopefully fingers crossed that comes through, but uh, otherwise we're good. We're, you know, all settled in on the work from home and kids are fully into school and, you know, just learning and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, kind of the new reality is, is, uh, is becoming a everyday reality. So. Yeah. I feel like we're getting settled in, but just when I think that we're in, in a routine, then, you know, we have days like today where I'm trying to record a podcast and I've got a two-year-old breaking down my door every three seconds. So anyhow, hopefully uh, it looks like we're starting to make some progress on this virus and, you know, maybe in a, another month or so or two, uh, you know, we'll get a little bit closer to normal. Um, so let's not move too fast. Though. Anyhow. Um, we've got a good show for you this week. Um, we've got two uh, industry news stories to cover off uh, and uh, two uh, guest interviews uh, from our members at Home Series uh, that we will uh, be featuring in the middle as well. So I'll let Aubriana start it off as per usual uh, with our first story. All right, thanks. Well, I'm kicking it off this week with a story from Pinterest. Um, and, you know, I think we've been long awaiting the times that Pinterest would, uh, I don't know, flourish to what it really is supposed to be and um, monetize a lot of the awesome features that they have or, you know, at least all of the uh, Pinterest users that they have. And um, I think they're getting closer to that now. And they have um, they have added new shop tabs. So there's been some shoppable pens, you know, over the last year or two. And now what they've done is made it where users can actually browse like in stock inventory um, from newly added shop tabs and they can search on Pinterest boards. Um, so they've improved their visual search with this um, as another component to this, which is nice. I really like the visual search. Like if I'm looking for something specific and I can't find it. I can always just like hover over a picture that I have or something and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you know, for the example that they gave is like you could say search spring outfits or home decor or a kitchen remodel and um, find those, you know, shoppable pins where like before you only some of those pins were shoppable, but now everything that they return is shoppable when you are within that tab. Um, so it also leverages their, they call it their product pin technology. And basically it just links a pin directly to the checkout page um, on the e-commerce site. So that is making it a little bit more frictionless and obviously encouraging, um, you know, purchase at the end of the day, which is really important to these advertisers who are paying to place their pins on there or doing the work to put that on there. Um, so, <clears throat> something that they were saying is like, this is kind of harder right now for SMBs because there's a lot of work involved in it. And so you've seen a lot of like the bigger enterprise, you know, retailers take advantage of this, you know, like the I don't know, Walmarts and targets and I don't know, maybe bed, bath and beyond or something like that. But it's a little harder for the, the retailers because they have to upload um, their product 
feeds through the Pinterest catalogs. And then, um, then they have to like organize them into smaller groups. And then if they want to add, you know, launch the advertising for it, they have to do that as well. So with the COVID crisis, what they've been doing, what Pinterest has been doing is, you know, trying to make some simple, like how to videos for small business owners, like learn more about their current needs, um, you know, do some webinars and show them like how they can list their products for sale and help out those small businesses that are really suffering right now. Um, they've seen two and a half times uh, increase in shoppable pins since last year, which is, you know, phenomenal growth, obviously. Um, some of that is contextual though. So for example, you know, they've seen a 70% rise in um, home office searches, you know, over the past few weeks, which makes sense because everybody's working from home. Right. Um, so yeah, I think this is a great feature. I mean, I really do enjoy Pinterest. There's some times where I'm like, I want to use this more and there's certain things that I want to find, um, more on and, and how can it be easier to use? Um, like one thing that drives me crazy is whenever I'm in the Pinterest app and then I just like go to another app, I don't exit the app, but I just, you know, go to look at something else and then I come back, it refreshes the page on Pinterest and it doesn't keep open where I was. And that drives me insane because I'm like, I just want to go back to where I was. I was trying to refer to something. And so, you know, I think there's still things that they can do from, from a, uh, I don't know, from a user standpoint, um, user experience standpoint and, and make things more, you know, promote interaction a little bit better. But I think that the shoppable pins is like a huge step in the right direction for them being able to monetize things and being able to really work more with the people who can pay to support the platform, which are businesses. So I like it. Yeah, I like it as well. Um, you know, like you've already said, I, I think, you know, these guys have, uh, you know, in terms of users, in terms of engagement have been growing by leaps and bounds year over year. Uh, I think, you know, it's an obvious play for them to be able to convert, uh, you know, the sort of the, the visual galleries and people's interests and boards uh, and products that they want uh, or are interested in into, you know, actually buy purchases and commerce. Um, and, and, and for them as a company that's providing a platform to participate in that uh, ecosystem and kind of take their cut, if you will, along the way. So I think this idea of shop tabs is really cool um, you know we've talked a lot on the show uh, and over the last year and a half or so in particular about you know, sort of the growth in or the shift I should say not so much growth the shift in the way search is happening right from the way we understand traditional search engine to you know things that are you know either voice that we've talked about a lot or in this case visual um, uh, search and I think uh, it's it really sort of crystallizes that trend that we've been watching uh, for you know quite a while. The other thing I really like about this is is a lot of what they're trying to enable here is not just uh, conversion uh, you know into a purchase transaction, but they're um, you know the things that they're showing are actually things that are in stock. And um, you know one of the failures in in uh, in online commerce over the you know sort of past years has been you know people get excited about a product you know that they see or they're interested in only to find out and be disappointed that it's not available it's out of stock or whatever so they're showing things that are actually in stock or if they if there's something that you're interested in they can make a sort of recommendation of something that's close by that you know or, or similar that's actually in stock um, so I, I love that part of it as well um, and so um, yeah I think that's all I really have to add to it. You know, I think obviously during this time in COVID, um, 
you know, people are definitely trying to figure out, you know, new work environments, new home office looks, you know, it's, there's only so much you can do with the virtual zoom backgrounds. You know, everybody really wants their background to, to in the real world to look really cool and nice. And um, so, you know, that kind of, you know, home improvement, home office uh, stuff growing by 70% is not surprising to me at all. So um, very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's our first story uh, for this week. Um, we're going to jump right now to our special series, uh, which we call Members at Home. And this week we have two guest interviews that uh, we've done. Uh, I did one of them uh, with Mark Michael, uh, who's one of the founders of a company called DevHub, one of our great members out of uh, Seattle area. Um, and... Uh, our second interview is uh, uh, was conducted by uh, Abriana, um, a gentleman by the name of Warren Zena of Zena Consulting, formerly uh, involved with companies like Location Sciences and others. So, um, a great interview as well. And um, so, I'll I think we'll just let the interviews play and um, kind of go from there, and then we'll come back and, and recap. All right, we are continuing on with our special series, Members at Home. And today I'm super excited. We get to have a chat with Mark Michael. He's the co-founder and CEO of a great LBMA member company, DevHub. Mark, welcome to Location Weekly. Hey, thanks to Steve. Always like seeing you. Yeah, so, uh, so what's going on? I mean, just as a quick reminder, who is DevHub? What do you guys do? So DevHub is the leading platform used by big brands and or their agencies uh, for building a lot of websites and or landing pages. So think 100 plus to 76,000 plus, whether that's location pages, sites, microsites, catalog pages, whatever, you're using us to build a lot of them, not one off. If you need one off, your nephew can build it for free. Okay, cool, cool. And you guys are in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you're from there, lo local boy, grew up there, ish, ish kind of. Yeah. All right, um, so the point of what we're trying to do right now is obviously we're in a whole new world right now with COVID-19 and everybody's in isolation, working from home. What's that experience been like for you, like, you know, being in your home with your family, hanging out, trying to get work done? You know, how's that been? I mean, if I was going to be totally honest, I would... I would say like, it's like a prison sentence. Um, I've never been to prison, um, but it, no, it's honestly, it's not that bad. It's, uh, I mean, for me, it's like really, it's a really crazy kind of like head fake because our office is across the street. Like literally I can stare at my office right now. And the fact that I can't go there and then like, I don't know. It's just been, it's just definitely taken like the first week I was like, so we're in week four. So on March 11th, we told all of our employees, Hey, or the week of March 11th, we told people it's optional, whether you want to come to work or not, whatever you want to do on the 11th, we basically made it mandatory that you don't come to work, AKA thinking it was going to blow over, but then Tom Hanks got it. And then it was like, Oh shit, maybe this is real. Then the next week was like, okay, we're just going to do it. We're just kind of playing it week by week. And then like, obviously now I'm in week four and obviously we have not been playing that week by week. And this is kind of our new reality for right now. Um, 
and it's definitely been an adjustment for me. Like the first week was kind of like my mind of vacation. And now I've, we've settled into kind of a routine of like how we communicate. I mean, the company has been great, but like me personally, mentally, like settling into routine. Okay, now I'm going to work out. I'm going to turn on like disco music, super loud and bust out uh, at home workout. And that's why I'm dressed like this right now to remind myself to work out. You know, I drink coffee every morning. Thank you to my wife who's sitting not even 20 feet away from me right now. Um, and then I take about four vitamins, B12, B1, E, C, and uh, E. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Cool. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about the employees. Like, what have you guys had to do to kind of stay in touch with your employees, have some sort of regular contact meetings, or you're using platforms like Zoom? You know, what are you doing yeah. in terms of managing the business? So, so we've always had like, a, like basically any employee, like they're before this, we would tell them like kind of whatever their schedule was. So we have like one employee that would like come in three days a week. We would have another one that was always gone every Wednesday. We have one that like starts every day at 1030 in the morning, you know? So like everyone kind of had their little routine when we had our offices going. Um, since then, I mean, we've been relying heavily on Slack. Every day at 3 p.m., we have a team meeting. Again, that was something that we were already doing, but at the office, we just obviously brought it online. Um, and we're still using Uber conference. We're not using Zoom. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, lots of people are, uh, you know, pulling back right now from Zoom for, you know, security issues and other things. We but just never did it. I never liked it because for me, I was like, it always had to be like the meeting organizer had to do it, but I guess that doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, so far Uber conference has been okay for us. Cool, cool. And Slack too. I, I find a lot of people I'm, I'm talking to are, are big on that. We use it a lot uh, in my companies um you know just for regular ongoing communication long before this happened it was a regular tool oh yeah same um same talk to me. Like a, yeah, go ahead. yeah no no it's okay go ahead i mean so basically as you know the ceo co-founder like i'm at least posting in our general chat more than i probably would have you know before because i i'm I kind of have this philosophy of running everything pretty candid at our office. Like I never try to hide anything. I just like, Oh, today's going to be the best day ever or whatever the hell my mood is, you know, like, mm -hmm. and so I've been kind of communicating more on Slack. And I know that one day last week, just for whatever reasons, I thought maybe I was kind of overdoing it for a second. Um, like I didn't post like good morning to our team. And it was like, you can definitely tell that the team kind of felt it like what's wrong. You know, like what's wrong with Mark today, you know, and it was nothing was wrong with me. I just seriously just didn't do it because I thought I was annoying people. Um, but it is important to keep in, I think, as a leader of your organization, it is very important to keep in regular communication with your employees, no matter what, even like a simple good morning is just, if that's what you were already doing, because that's what we would do every time I'd walk in the morning, this is the best company to work for, you know, like just shit like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. They still need to know that, you know, you're a human. Okay. So here's something I'm super interested in. Um, you're the first guy we've done one of these with uh, based in Seattle. Seattle in the U.S. is kind of like, was the hotbed initial 
sort of place where a lot of this happened. Have you, what's it been like in living and kind of being part of that environment, the Seattle aspect of it? I mean, I was, I was just late to the party, you know, like I said, like that, that March 11th, 12th, I was like at the restaurant that you've been to before, you know, like, I was like, uh, you know, but then like employees, because they shut down all the restaurants on our blocks, you know, and bars. Actually, a couple of days before the actual, you know, stay at home order, those bars, restaurants were closing besides, you know, my uncle's place. And, um, and all those people from those restaurants were coming in, you know, like crying and like, I was like, oh, there, we just, we just got laid off. And I was like, what is going on? Like, you know, um, but, you know, I think like Seattle has taken it very seriously. I think, um, there are not, I mean, like I always say, like I stare at this parking lot across the street from my condo and today there are only two cars in that lot. I mean, every single day that lot has been going down and down and down in cars. And that's just like a, I think it's a little bit of a testament to like people are really taking it seriously. I mean, everyone is, I would say the majority are walking around with masks on again, city downtown proper, which is the only thing I can tell you about because I don't know what's going on in the suburbs, but uh, we are everyone's taking it very seriously i mean yeah. and yeah. and it doesn't look like there's going to be any uh let up anytime soon right uh, i actually i mean <laughs> i'm an idiot i actually believe it's over on may 4th <laughs> okay all right we'll hold you I to do. that i'm gonna hold you to that all right um so last thing I want to chat about is obviously you, as you just indicated, you know, bars, restaurants, everything shut down. Same here in Toronto where we are. Um, but uh, you know, the restaurant industry in particular has been really impacted by this. Uh, you've um, been involved in a pretty cool project to help uh, that industry a little bit uh, called Gumwall. Tell us a little bit about that. What it, first yeah. of all, for those not from Seattle, what is Gumwall? Yeah. So Gumwall, there's like a, I don't know if you call it like a, a destination or a tourist destination or kind of like a little kitschy thing that's in Pike Place Market, the place where they throw the fish where people walk by this alley and they stick a piece of gum on it. And um, I mean, a lot of people obviously say it's gross. I mean, I, th I think it's kind of cool in a weird way. But anyway, nonetheless, um, to raise money for restaurant and hospitality workers in Seattle, me and a former employee of mine, uh, Patrick Opie launched this thing called gumwall.co. You can go to the .com too, but anyway, gumwall.co, which is uh, basically the virtual a virtual gumwall, which are like little pieces of virtual gum on this wall. And each time you click, you can donate a dollar that will go all 100% of proceeds to go to a uh, big table here in Seattle, which is a charity uh, set up for restaurant and hospitality workers. Um, help with rent payments or whatever it is that they're they're doing on that side um yeah and it goes live today at today this is let me say the date or should we leave? yeah go ahead yeah oh yeah so today is april 13th uh, also my nephew's birthday um but nonetheless it's april 13th we go live at noon today pacific standard time amazing gumwalt.co you can donate a dollar you can donate five um there's ten thousand pieces of gum on that wall and if it works, it, maybe it's a model for, you know, some other type of thing in the future. So yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think now is a time when we all need to be thinking about uh, 
you know, these types of workers in particular, I know, you know, for, for our family, you know, we're stuck at home, can't go out anywhere. So there's a lot of uh, Uber Eats and this kind of stuff happening, um, you know, uh, all over the place. And I think uh, it, it's had me think harder about when it comes to, you know, the tipping aspect of, of a digital delivery platform and things like that, just because I know these people are out there, they're risking their lives to stay working and bring food or do whatever. Um, and these, a lot of these restaurant workers, hotel workers, uh, you know, are really struggling right now. And um, yeah, I think anything we can do to, to give. So gumwall.co um, goes live today. Um, uh, on This is uh, April 13th. We're having this interview today and uh, go check it out, make a donation, support a, a, a worker in need and support big table. Um, thanks Mark. Really appreciate you taking some time. Um, uh, stay safe, stay well uh, to you and your your whole family, my friend. And uh, we'll hopefully see you soon uh, at a, a virtual conference, maybe. Um, all right. Okay. Be well. Take care. Hey, everybody. This is Abriana Lopez with Location Weekly. And I am here with an interview from home with Warren Zena of Zena Consulting. He has his own consulting agency and group. Um, and a fun fact about Warren and I, we actually uh, met in a taxi at, uh, I think it was an IAB event, um, not that long ago. Um, so it was kind of serendipitous how we met and we have stayed in touch ever since. But um, Warren has been in the location-based marketing industry for a while, has a wealth of knowledge. He's been on both the agency side, on the tech provider side, and so, I was excited to have a chance to sit down and talk with him um, and just kind of, you know, get an idea from an outsider that's taken in everything, you know, from a consulting perspective on what's going on right now um, and some opportunities. So first, Warren, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself and give an overview of your background and sort of what you're focused on right now? Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh, inviting me to this in this strange time that we're at home in our respective home in my kids room as you can see i've got some stuff down there <laughs> and uh, other other weird knickknacks on the wall because I, there's no room in the house anywhere else but thanks for having me on and um as you mentioned yes you know i've been in the call it like the media ad tech space now since 2008 seven i guess and um I've been on the buy side, the sell side, and on the delivery side. So I do have kind of a unique perspective from a, a sales and marketing perspective because I'm, I've been in sales and I sell marketing services. So I've become pretty good at both. And that has afforded me a unique position in this. I just briefly, I was at the Havas for about four years. I oversaw their North American mobile uh, programmatic unit. And uh, I was at Publicis for a while overseeing theirs as well. It was more like their mobile agency. And then I've had my own consulting firm in and out for the last eight years or so. And I mostly serve B2B companies like yours, like bad tech companies. I help them solve bigger strategic problems in the marketplace. So, but thanks for having me on. I hope that was helpful. Very helpful. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, one thing that we had been um, talking about that I thought you could provide insight to a lot of our listeners is that, you know, this is a very uncertain time for everybody. And, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of shift, I think, you know, in just the, 
business use cases in general? How do we, you know, balance all of these things? And so, you know, I thought where we could start maybe just is getting your thoughts on what marketers can really focus on right now, right? Um, there's a lot of things that are just being pushed to the back burner, especially sales. Uh, but, you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts around that? What are things that marketers can be doing, you know, today, this week, and how they can, you know, start to leverage different things, you know, what, what's going on in the market? What can they be doing? How can they, you know, have that insight to gain consumers long-term and, and looking at uh, strategic operations? Yeah, it is a weird time. And, and this is a lot of, a lot of content on this. I mean, if you go on LinkedIn, it's like everyone's got an opinion about it. So I don't, I don't know if what I'm going to say is going to be anything unique, but it'll, it'll be what I think. So, so I, I, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that there's three things. You've got companies whom are not in trouble. Right. Like it just turns out that what's going on and the way media is being consumed right now is actually benefiting them. Like if you look at streaming companies or content based companies or online companies that are in certain essential services, you know, as a matter of fact, I think even while I understand retailers have gotten screwed, if they can deliver their products, a lot of them are doing really well. Like it's incredible, actually. And they, if they're able to pivot their businesses in that way, then they're all right. But if I, and the B2B side. If you're in delivery of marketing services, that's a different animal. So if you're delivering video ads or de delivering anything related to online content, there, there may still be a business for you if you can attach yourself to customers who still have some things to sell. And I suspect that that's probably going to maintain some degree of keeping my heads down and keeping the lights on and trying to turn that revenue into something. My opinion is, while I get that, and I think it's important, you got to keep the people served. I see there's an opportunity here, and the opportunity is the two other things. One is an inside job and an outside job. The inside job is, okay, so, and I think everyone, even humans are doing this right now. Like, boy, there's a lot of things that I'd be doing for myself that I normally wouldn't do for myself that I could kind of afford to do for myself now because I've got all this time to do it. So you see a lot of people who are doing things like, oh, I'm going to go on this vegan diet or I'm going to exercise in a certain way. Companies are no different. I mean, if you're a company right now, I know a lot of my company partners are saying, you know what, this is time for us to really do that strategic planning that we never did. Mm -hmm. Like, remember that reorg we talked about? Remember that whole idea we can do that pivot on that entire new strategy? I mean, we got nothing else to do all day. Let's let's do that. Let's get on Zoom calls and let's figure that out. Let's take the next six weeks to have that completed when we're done with this stupid thing so we have some benefit out of it. And I'm seeing a lot of companies really digging into, it's almost like a unique there's almost no distractions. So why not focus on the things that we're normally distracted from that we know we should be doing, right? That kind of sharpening a sauce type stuff. And that's the inside job stuff. And I'm seeing smart companies do that. They're going to be way ahead because you're going to go, boy, this is something I never would have done when things are going well. I would have always figured out an excuse to not do this shit. And I'm going to do it now. And I think that's really cool. And then the, the second part of that is the outside job, which is when the economy was really kicking ass before this. And so what was happening was it was a highly reactive market. Everybody was spending money on immediate returns. I know everyone's buying, everyone's got money, everyone's got income, everyone's shopping. So I'm going to throw my performance dollars out in the marketplace or I'm going to manage my performance budgets. And I'm going to get all this stuff happening because I got to eat up all this while it's there. And all that other non-organic, non um, uh spend-based or organic marketing stuff tends to get put by the wayside because it's boom time. 
So like, you know, when the, when the mushrooms are growing, you want to run out and pick them all up. You don't want to plant anything. So we're seeing, we're doing a lot of work on is helping companies go, okay, much like I said before about that internal strategic marketing, why not invest our time and effort and budgets into organic marketing? It takes three to four months for really good organic marketing to seed the marketplace anyway, which is why it is that we never do it because we want the immediate returns. So if I start spending all my money on really good, searchable and discoverable, meaningful thought leadership content, by the time this thing is over, it'll be discovered and I'll be the first one to be thought of when people are looking for things after it's over. So I think that's a really smart thing to do right now. Organic marketing and internal strategy would be wise moves and it keeps you focused and fresh and not feeling down about yourself. So those are my ways I, I, I advise companies to work right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that makes so much sense. And I'm expecting to see a lot of, um, you know, rebrands, pivots and, you know, strategy as as companies come out of this. Um, And even, you know, I I do think that people are creating tons of content, even just on a personal level, right? People are are bored. I think about even just, you know, family level, like you've got kids, you're doing TikTok videos with with your kids, and that's something that you wouldn't usually do. Um, so, you know, content is definitely being produced. People are getting creative, um, and they have to, I mean, I think we all have to, to keep our, our sanity and maintain that as we're (laughs) navigating this a little bit. Um, those are the things I think companies could focus on now, unless you're lucky enough to be able to still have a market to sell to. Yeah, this is true. You know, I I think of there's some like D to C brands that have really been able to, you know, to get not necessarily like leverage the crisis, but they're getting a push because of it. You know, I was thinking of this like D to C um, toilet paper brand and, you know, I had looked at their website the other day and I know that they were just getting started and now they're like, we're not taking any more customers right now because we are just, you know, Mm -hmm. so overnight their growth just exploded and it's a, that's a great, you know, byproduct of all of this horrible stuff that's going on. Yeah, you know, one thing I saw that's really cool, and I mean, you know, it, it took a little while for it to happen, but all of a sudden, you know, you start to see in your Instagram feed like these, you know, really cool bespoke um, uh, face masks, you know, with designs on them and, you know, thematic ones and, you know, kids going, oh, I, I want that, you know, <laughs> and it's it's just filling a marketplace now. You can't, it's hard to get them delivered. We ordered some masks and we, we, we couldn't get them, but you know, the point I'm making is that, you know, to see how fast the D to C market can respond to things and manufacture stuff really quickly mm-hmm. and fill a need is really fascinating. Um, we actually saw an ad for masks come into our feed. It was really well targeted. It was local. It came into our feed, into an article we were reading on, on mobile. There was an ad for masks and it was for a at a, a pocket theory that's right around down the street. We looked at it, we clicked on it, we opened up the ad, we called them up, they had them and we bought them. So that was a, it was a successful, they got a pretty good sale from, from that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are opportunities. It's just, those are very niche and they're very opportunistic, but they're not long-term. Right. Now, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is you had written up what I thought was um, very well-formatted communication strategy in times of, you know, crisis right now and what that looks like from a business perspective. And I just kind of wanted to walk through that a little bit. And you had organized it that you're, you know, the most important thing that you do is, is uh, by starting internally, right? And um, mm-hmm. you're prioritizing your employees. And I just want to walk through that with you a little bit too. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I, 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 
what I was saying is that, you know, people are caught flat-footed in a situation and, you know, the first week in particular, right, there's all this really weird, trepidatious conversation going on in the marketplace, right? It's not that much anymore, honestly. People have kind of gotten over it. But three, three weeks ago, it was hard to know what to say. Mm-hmm. So do we keep selling and how do we sell? And, you know, all this communication stuff and people were making mistakes and I was getting emails from people. I was like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't do this. So I gave some thought to it and you, you actually asked me a question and I was thinking about it. You know, it's really more a matter of looking at your concentric circles of priorities. So the first I would say is I'm a business owner. The first thing is most important other than my family, obviously, are my employees. They're my second family. They're the closest to me and I want to take care of them right now. And I want to, can you over communicate with them, right? Are they okay? Um, do, do they do they feel like I'm being compassionate? Am I am I really being transparent with them? You know, what I wouldn't ever want if I run a company is for my my employees to think, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? Are we getting paid? Are we going to work? Well, you know, like, there's a lot of questions that people have, and a really smart, like an emotionally intelligent leader will come out ahead of a curve and have those answers or maybe put together a communication and just double down on that to the degree that you have the information. And I guess the way I would think of it is like somebody came to as an employee and they asked one of my employees, for example, hey, how did your company handle the the COVID communications? What would I want them to say? So how could I behave in a way that I, I generate them having that answer, right? Oh, they were clear. They were great. That's the first thing. The second thing is your customers. So you've got people that are doing business with you. And if you provide a business for them that's essential, they're going to have questions. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you up online? Are you working? Can we count on you? Are you not working anymore? Do, is there money that we owe you? How about the goods and services that we paid for? Are they going to be, you know, I, I'd be calling up the, clo- the critical closest relationships and similarly having those types of conversations and having a really clear strategy of all the things I need to say to them. And then there's the community itself that you're in. So in this case, let's say the ad tech community. So, you know, what is our role right now in the industry? How do we participate with everybody else? Because we have partners. I may have data partners or I may have other type of partners. You know, what's the way in which we would work together to communicate collectively so that the industry itself is supporting itself around all the other ways in which it's connected to it. And then this is the next part would be this prospective customers, which is sales, right? So these are people who I was planning on talking to about my business because I wanted them to buy something from me, but I'm not sure how to do that. Like, should I do that now? Should I be doing it? And I would say that if you're going to do that, the first thing to think about is what's most pressing for them as it pertains to their business right now. Right? So they're probably not thinking about my product. They're probably thinking about their own employees and their own customers. So how can I, as an ad tech company, tie their concerns to my offering in a way that doesn't seem manipulative or opportunistic? Right? And if I can't, then don't. It should just be, hey, you know, either we've, uh, we've taken our tech or we've taken our product and we've created some unique content or some useful tool that may provide you with additional insight. And here it is for free, right? Something like that. But I think that it's got to be very well thought out. Matter of fact, I would have a sounding board for this because I've seen a lot of people do this stuff and make big mistakes. It just comes across as being really disingenuous and opportunistic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there is ways to do it. Um, and then there's, you know, I don't want to get kind of wonky, but there's, you know, humanity. You know, how do you fit into the bigger picture? I mean, people are, some people are out of work. Some people are dying. 
Um, some people are sick. So, you know, maybe there is a strategy once you get through those other things I mentioned, right, where you can start thinking about that stuff. And um, that might be, you see a lot of companies right now that are lending themselves their technology to big, big efforts. Like I just got an in, in, uh, information from a company called Adelaide, who you probably know those guys, I know them really well. And they, they participated with another organization to try and create some uh, advertising technology that delivers news to people about how they should take care of themselves. So they're, they're spending their own money and their own distribution, their own data to do that. Right? So they made this decision to participate that way. And there's probably a thousand ways to do it. But that's a, a bigger thing, but those are ways that once you get those other things completed, you might think about. So that was the general framework. I, I hope it wasn't uh, too too much, too lengthy. No, I think it was great. And I, I think it's a lot to take into consideration as a business leader. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out what's the right way to move forward. So I appreciate all the insight and the info you gave us and our listeners today. And um, I just thank you for your time. And sure. if, if anybody wants to connect with you in the future, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Sure. sure. So thank you for that. And thanks for having me and giving me the chance to speak. Uh, yeah. So the best way to reach me would be Warren at zenaconsulting.com. It's Z-E-N-N-A consulting.com. We just go to my website, zenaconsulting.com. It's pretty simple. And uh, also, um, I did a pretty decent job of optimizing my online reputation. So you can just Google my name, you'll find me. But thank you. It's really great talking to you. And I uh, hope you guys are doing well and safe. And uh, we'll, we'll speak soon. Thanks, Warren. All right. Uh, thanks for uh, taking the time uh, to both of our guests this week uh, to, to join and share there. And just one uh, little shout out on the DevHub side. Mark and, and another Seattle entrepreneur, as, as was mentioned in the, uh, in the interview, have launched a really cool uh, fundraising initiative to support restaurant workers uh, during COVID in the Seattle area. Uh, they've created a virtual gum wall. So if you've ever been to the, uh, the fish market there on the, on the pier, um, they've got a real gum wall there where people actually go and like stick a piece of gum and all that. And uh, it's a well-known sort of tourist attraction kind of thing. So they created a virtual version of that to raise money uh, for the restaurant industry. And you can just go to gumwall.co, gumwall.co uh, to uh, support that or get involved with it. Um, so uh, thanks to both our guests for sharing this week. All right. Um, our, uh, our second story is from our good friends at Burger King. And these guys continue to amaze me uh, in just the, the creativity and the, um, you know, just the range of things that they've been doing in terms of their advertising this past year. You know, we've talked a lot about how they've used location technology, uh, you know, with uh, the traffic jam uh, Whopper project in Mexico City, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, project where they were, you know, sort of, uh, geoconquesting and stealing customers from McDonald's. I mean, they've done a lot there. And in this time of COVID right now, uh, obviously everybody's at home, you know, restaurant uh, orders uh, and traffic are obviously way down. Um, but, you know, they're not letting that stop them. And, um, you know, basically they've launched this ad campaign to try and get people uh, to download uh, the Burger King app. And in particular, they're targeting students. Obviously, you have kids, I have kids, uh, especially older uh, uh, kids, um, you know, teenagers and high school age kids uh, who are at home. 
what they would like you to do is do a little bit of uh, academic uh, schoolwork in order to uh, basically uh, get a promo code for a uh, free Whopper. So basically what they do is they pop up like a, a math equation and tell you to solve that and the solve is the promo code. Or they you know, give you a, a chemistry element that you have to identify and you know, that gives you the promo code. Or complete this famous you know, liter literary quote and you can get uh, the promo code for a free Whopper. So it's a fun thing. It, it's it's you know sort of engaging, especially for you know sort of students. Um, it's a it's a super easy way to get a free Whopper. Um, and uh, Fernando uh, Machado, who we've talked about a lot, uh, who's the chief marketing officer, I should point out as well, has just been named uh, CMO of the year. Um, uh, so, you know, not surprising given, you know, all these campaigns that are going on uh, and their uh, agency, FCB New York, for creating this. So um, uh, really, really cool. Uh, and the other aspect of it is, is that, um, you know, the, they're doing a lot to, to as an organization right now with, with this campaign, as well as supporting uh, the American Nurses Foundation uh, from a charitable perspective uh, during COVID. So there you go. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love all of this. I mean, I feel like, I mean, you said it, Burger King just like continues to um, turn out successful campaigns. They're creative, they're new, they're thoughtful, they engage with consumers and, you know, and obviously the, the charitable um, interaction and supporting the Nurses Foundation is amazing as well, especially during this time. Um, and I, and I like this, you know, I think as parents, like we are constantly looking for new resources to entertain our children. And, you know, whether it's something educational like YouTube videos or, you know, something outside of like the regular Zoom calls or just paperwork, you know, classwork that the kids are doing. Um, and this is just another opportunity for us to find something that's fun and unique and creative and, you know, allow the kids to have a little bit of fun. You know, I think we're all struggling to try and find new ways to to do things, especially when you're in a house, you know, um, or an apartment or something that doesn't have a lot of space. So I think that they're really just, you know, they, they mixed all of the great elements together, um, that make a campaign successful and, and they do that a lot. So congrats to them and to their CMO for CMO of the year. Yeah. And, and just in terms of numbers too, I should probably share those. So the campaign, uh, basically ran for, you know, started, a. a last Monday and ran until uh, yesterday. Uh, so it was a week-long campaign uh, or until they awarded 150,000 coupons for free Whoppers. It was running on Facebook, Instagram, and on the app itself. Um, and uh, the other little tidbit, which was kind of cool, they said, if you don't see the connection between, um, in the article I was reading between, um, you know, Burger King and sort of studying and math and science and all that is, Fernando, it was actually a mechanical engineer before he moved into marketing. So there you go. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. That is super interesting. So uh, yeah, great campaign. Congrats uh, to them on, on that. Um, and that's it. Super uh, uh, light show today. Uh, two really cool stories in there. Uh, two really uh, amazing guest uh, interviews. And uh, we just thank you for listening and watching and um, you giving us time uh, during this COVID uh uh, situation that we all have to deal with. Um, and, uh, you know, again, if you've got story ideas, if you've got um, things that we should be covering, if you know people that we should be interviewing as, as guests, uh, by all means, reach out to us. Um, we're always happy to, to do that type of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, just 
stay home, stay safe, and uh, be well. Um, and uh, yeah, just you know, remember to you know keep your mental health in check as well. So all that uh, to say, thank you for listening and watching. It's been episode four hundred and sixty-one. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.